Welcome to Getting Through It, where we're here to help you get through it. I'm John Bueri, and as always, I'm with building safety advocate, Dr. Lucy Jones. Thanks to all the listeners who've stepped up to sponsor this podcast week after week, so it's here for you. You can, too, by joining as a sponsor of the nonprofit Dr. Lucy Jones Center for Science and Society. Please go to patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, and search Dr. Lucy Jones. And now, let's get to it. This week, we learned about the tragic and deadly collapse of a modern residential building in Miami-Dade County. It's too early to know exactly what happened, but it does raise some very key questions and issues related to our buildings. Though rare in the U.S., without the effect of a natural hazard, buildings can fail or suffer damage, as we saw this week. Lucy, let's look at why buildings are able to be built the way they are and what goes into preventing tragedies like this from happening more often. You and I have worked with government for years to help implement higher standards so that our buildings will be safe. Today, let's look at how government and technical experts work together to keep our buildings from falling down. I'm actually astonished at how often they stay up. Many natural processes can overwhelm human ingenuity and cause our constructs to fail. I mean, from dams or levees, roads or buildings, they're all built to withstand some level of natural forces. But as we go through time, there can almost always be some force bigger than was planned for. What angers us is when we see forces that we should have planned for bringing down the buildings. Exactly. This is where we bring government and technical expertise together, as you and I have done throughout our work together for the more than a decade, to give us the desired goal, in this case, of safer buildings. Let's start with the government side of things, though. We have building codes adopted by states and local jurisdictions to do the things you just described. But this is not a national code. You know, the beginning of building codes was really all about fire safety. And you can go back. I mean, the regulations about chimneys were enacted in Boston in the 17th century. The first seismic building codes came about after the Long Beach earthquake in 1933. But each of those are being done by local jurisdictions, one city at a time. Right. And this idea that we could do something at a larger scale, that really started happening in the latter part of the 20th century with the uniform building codes were developed. They were argued over and agreed to, usually by engineers and other technical experts. And now what is known as the International Building Code is the base standard for codes across the U.S. And in fact, I think almost every state, if not every state, uses the IBC as the basis for their codes. Deciding to use the same standards was a huge step forward, but it's not the only thing that's needed. Let's think about how you can end up with a building that is a risk to its occupants. First, if it's old enough, there weren't any codes or perhaps inadequate codes when it was built. Second, the design might be faulty and not actually give us the intended protection. Third, you could have the construction be faulty. It's a great engineering design, but the builder didn't actually follow that as they put it together. Or in the end, you can have aging of the building or changing conditions means that the building no longer is as strong as it was originally. And looking at those four possibilities, the fact that buildings predate codes or modern engineering solutions is a really difficult one to overcome. Yeah. And, and I mean, when you stop and think about it, you realize building codes are not retroactive. They're about how to build a building in the future. So if we learn that something doesn't work and we change the building code, that doesn't get rid of the old buildings. 
dealing with bad existing buildings through mandatory retrofitting, that's only done when the risk is really very great. We don't like to tell a homeowner what he has to spend money on his building. There are some places in California that have mandated buildings that are dangerous in earthquakes, forcing retrofit, but it is rather piecemeal, even across the state of California. We're really getting a good design, too, because we have these licensed engineers who work together nationally to come up with what the code should be. And they're some of the primary designers of the International Building Code. And they actually work to understand what flaws might be and make sure that designs of the future don't include any flaws discovered in past designs. Right. Structural engineers are the ones who study failure and how to build in the strength that you need. And these have been encoded into the International Building Code and adopted by the states. And then they're used by an individual engineer who designs a particular building. So is every engineer perfect? Obviously not. And now you have to have that design inspected by somebody other than the designer itself. As we've seen in every feature, scientists to engineers to everyone else, the easiest person to fool is yourself. So you need an independent inspection of the design. And that happens through building departments at individual local jurisdictions. And that implementation of those designs, how do we get it inspected and approved, that varies a lot between different jurisdictions. In a big place like the city of Los Angeles, there's a large department and dozens of engineers on staff. But even there, the head of the department is a political appointment and doesn't have to be an engineer. And sometimes he's not. In smaller jurisdictions, some are so small that they contract with a private company to do the inspection for them. This is often a very good solution because those companies that provide that service have the engineers on staff and give them expertise that they wouldn't be able to afford to hire alone. But it might not also. Some of those companies aren't as good. And many small cities have their own departments without any engineers at all. So some of them really aren't equipped to determine if the designing engineer did their job or not. So we've talked about how we design a building and then how those plans get inspected and approved by a local jurisdiction. But then once it's designed and approved, you have to build it, actually put materials in the ground and construct the structure. And when you have construction, you need inspection. And that's different than approving the plans as you described, Lucy. Here's where the funding of the building department really comes into play. Will they have the staff to inspect the buildings being built? And will the contractor and builder follow the plans without continuous inspection? Right. In any department, there's going to be a limit to how often they can conduct inspections. And overwhelmingly, those inspectors take their responsibilities very seriously, but they can miss things. And of course, there are some cases in which the inspector might have been convinced to look the other way. It seems to be more common in situations where only arriving at certain times within the building process, they miss things. I, I still remember the San Simeon earthquake in 2003. We saw a development of quite new houses. They were only a few years old that failed very badly in the earthquake at shaking levels that it shouldn't have happened. When we got in and looked, we realized that what happened was probably a contractor with a bad back who didn't like to bend over and they were missing nails where the building was attached to the foundation. The building inspector didn't see it because by the time they came to do the inspection, drywall had already been installed. 
So this thing of that, there's a lot of ways in which inspections can be got around if somebody really wants to try to do this. The best solution, if you really want safe buildings, is actually continuous inspection. This is required for public schools in the state of California under something called the Field Act that mandated continuous inspection by the state on the site of any public school. And the result has been some of the safest buildings in the state. They perform incredibly well when we have the designs really carefully gone over and make sure that at every step of the way, those designs are actually followed. But it's an expensive process. It means our public schools cost more than plain buildings to be put up. With all this, we still have the issue of time. A building can be built to the highest standard today, and the technical approach doesn't change or improve over time, but the materials used, maintenance, or external factors may change the integrity of the building. Small earthquakes over time, change in the water table, earth subsidence, etc., all contribute to these external factors that over time could impact the building. Right, and here's where we really don't have much that the government can do to address this problem. We depend on the owners to recognize that they have a problem. And the whole idea that you have to get a permit to do changes means you're bringing the building department in. Without requesting a permit, the building department is just not gonna be coming back and looking at your building. If the owner chooses to ignore the problem, the government role really is quite limited. When we have common property, condominiums, really big structures, sometimes, and it depends on the state, there are procedures for continuing inspections over some sort of interval. I've heard of 40 years type of frame uh, to try and catch problems, but 40 years is a pretty long ways to go and you can have a lot of things happen to your building during that time. Buildings are only as good as the codes in place when they were built. The level of expertise that the structural engineer designing them has and the level of construction when it's built and the world and materials having not changed since it was built. That's a pretty tall order, but we have some of the best engineers and inspectors in the world here in the U.S. The challenge is making sure building owners and community leaders look to that expertise in making decisions about the future of our buildings and those that currently exist. The world isn't constant. We are having rising sea levels affecting foundations of buildings. We're having increased intensity and frequency of extreme storms. And these are all causing more impacts and changing impacts on our building. As we go forward, good engineering design and effective and thorough inspections are gonna become even more important. We'll leave it there for now. And until next time, I'm John Buery with Dr. Lucy Jones and you getting through it. Getting Through It is a production of the Dr. Lucy Jones Center for Science and Society. Visit us online to get past shows and become a supporter at patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com and search Dr. Lucy Jones. Our music is performed by Josh Lee and this closing music is written by our own Dr. Lucy Jones. 